Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. happening what's going on welcome to another episode of full count chaos season this week hallelujah oriole season is starting 2023 of course we're excited i mean it's like the new year coming up you know what i mean countdown to the new year of oriole season 2023 always want to hear from you guys full count chaos at gmail.com hit me up on twitter at full count chaos and of course the podcast part of the sports drink network you can check them out sports drink Network or sportsdrink.org. Check them out, all the good shit, including my podcast. Uh, some emails came in. Wanted to just piggyback on my uh, uh, my hatred, my anger. Definitely top three, top two pet peeves of bandwagon fans. You fucking crazy man. You sound insane. Do you realize that? It's it has built more over the years. It never used to bug me as much, but lately it just drives me nuts. Enough, maybe you know I do need to see someone a week. You know some people reached out and said, I don't know. That's, that's almost your, your, your borderline therapy of how angry you are at bandwagon fans. Others are like, hell yeah. Fuck yeah, bandwagon fans. I can't stand them. And some of them emailed in, wanted to share their experience of why they hate, and hate is a harsh word, but hate bandwagon fans. Also enjoyed my time down in Sarasota. My wife and I had a glorious time down there, and I get it why people go down there to retire. I love it. I hate it coming back. Loved going down there. Went down there, Sarasota, watch MOs. Had a great time. Going to talk about that. Um, I tell you, when you're coming off the airplane at the airport going to Florida, I mean, everyone's skipping and laughing and having fun. You can tell all the people coming back home. They all look pissed off, grumpy. Get out of my way. Why are you smiling? Don't look at me with those happy faces. <laughs> they got to fly back to Baltimore. And, and you're just skipping your way to go get your bags. Looking at the palm trees. Oh, it's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And I completely understand why people go down there to retire although when it gets between june and august it's so fucking hot but we went down there the perfect time it was like 75 80 degree weather it's beautiful beautiful so discuss that again a couple emails that came in and yeah so a couple questions pertaining to the orioles season again just want to hear from you i want to hear from you guys pertaining to uh some predictions uh pertaining to the orioles like uh who's gonna have the the most home runs on the orioles uh, what's the record going to be? Are they going to make the playoffs? You know, I, I my prediction, I I think the Orioles are going to go, you know, 86, between 86 and 88 games. You know, I can't tell whether they're going to hit the playoffs. I, I, I haven't, I've been drinking some orange Kool-Aid. I drink orange Kool-Aid every year, even through the rebuild. I was like, I think they might do it. They could do it this year. <laughs> but I, I don't know. You know, I'll, I'll tell you at the end of August, my prediction on whether or not <laughs> they, uh, they're going to make the playoffs. Try to sound real smart. Be like, I told you, I told you they're going to make it. But I don't know. I can't tell if the pressure is on now. You know, a lot of us have said that uh, during the rebuild. I got to keep putting a dollar in the jar. Keep saying the R word. But the pressure was off. These kids were just having fun. You know, when you're on a team that you're not expected to win, the pressure is completely off. Now, Mike Elias says we're done. We need to win it all now. Brandon Hyde, the young players, the pressure is on. Are they going to shit the bed and fold? Of course, you know, hope not. Do I even need to say that? Nate says, hope not. The, the, yeah, cool, he's on our side. Hope not. Yeah, no shit. I hope not. 
But of course, that crosses my mind. Did you enjoy the uh, WBC? Trout versus Otani. Holy Santa Claus shit. That was cool. I liked uh, it. was definitely entertaining watching uh, Otani pitch to Trout. But it, it wasn't life-changing. <laughs> People texted me like, I'm in tears. Are you seeing this? Yeah, man. Okay, calm down, Francis. Calm down. I see it. It's fun. This is pretty cool. Not life-changing. I don't know. I mean, it's look, two best players in all of baseball. It's the bottom of the ninth, top of the ninth, whatever. And there it is. One out to go, one run. Otani pitching to Trout. Pretty fucking amazing. Pretty damn amazing. Of course, I wanted to see Trout just put one 450 feet over the wall. You know, oh, but Otani, he's such a good guy. I don't care. USA all the way, baby. I wanted I wanted Trout to tie it up. Otani, man, what a fucking ball player. I still think it's hilarious. I want my buddy and I, when we got tickets to watch him a couple years ago in Camden Yards, we're like, all right, maybe we'll see a no-hitter. Guy just gets lit up. <laughs> but I love me some Otani. So, yes, that was awesome. Otani versus Trout. You felt the electric in the air. I don't know. Maybe you just uh, were like, yeah, that was cool, but it's not the greatest thing ever. I mean, I'm seeing conversations on sports shows and networks saying that was one of the top five greatest sports moments in all of history. Bottom line. Do you feel that way? I, I don't. I don't. I thought that was a really cool moment, but I don't even think it's in the top 10. But yeah, I want to hear your prediction of this season record. What do you think the Orioles are going to do? They're going to make the playoffs. Who's going to have the highest OPS, most stolen bases, all that good shit. Look, in my opinion, you look at the American League, the only teams in the entire American League that I'm not really concerned about, but just saying they can give them a run for their money. Yanks, Blue Jays, Twins, you know, even Blue Jays. Everyone's everyone's on the Blue Jays nuts this season. A lot of predictions I've seen where Blue Jays are going to win the East. I think I've only seen one or two predictions, like just going down like 50 different rabbit holes of reading articles of, you know, ESPN or MLB.com and other blogs of uh, the Orioles winning the division. (laughs) But most of it, I see Yankees, Blue Jays, but Yankees, Blue Jays, Twins. I mean, I'm not even going to say Astros because it seems like the Orioles always handle the Astros, even in Houston, just like last season. You want to talk about a moment? We're talking about Otani and uh, Trout. Great moment last season, you know, bottom of the ninth, one run. Trey Mancini's up to bat with a runner on. That was a great moment. But yeah, you just because you know, obviously this season, the the division teams are not playing themselves as much. Everyone's playing everybody, and uh, so yeah, you just look at all the teams in the American League, and and I'm just looking of uh, teams that the Orioles might struggle with, and I can count them on one hand. But I thought it was kind of funny. ESPN they used MLB the show to determine like the uh, the division winners, who's going to have the most wins. They even uh, Used it to uh, determine the home run derby winner. Uh, who was that? It was Devers that they had winning the home run derby in 2023. But, <clears throat> excuse me. God damn. Uh, they have the Braves winning the East. The Brewers winning the Central. They have the um, the Dodgers winning the West. Now, in the East, they have the Blue Jays not only winning the East, but having the most wins in 2023 with 108 wins. And they had the Orioles coming in second to last in the East with 77 wins. And they had the Rays with 75 shit in the bed. Losing the division. And again, they had Devers uh, winning the uh, home run derby. They had the Braves winning the World Series. Yeah, the Atlanta Braves winning it all. 
So again, most predictions I'm seeing, they have the Orioles some second place, fourth place, all over the place. I just don't think the Orioles, it's just a hard team to figure out right now of how they're going to handle this because the pressure is on. The pressure is on to win it all. It's exciting knowing that we don't have to be in any more rebuild years. Those are tough years. But are you concerned with Grayson Rodriguez at all? Now, you know, you, I, I'm sure you've been keeping up with it, seeing that Grayson struggled a couple times. I mean, look, when players do well in spring training, I always say, it's just spring training. Calm the hell down. But when they do bad, it's like, uh-oh, I think we have to have a conversation about this. You know, so yeah, okay, they're doing great. Big deal, but when they suck, oh shit, let's talk about it. Should he start in AAA? Look, he definitely has moments where you say this fucking guy is ready for the big leagues. And then the next inning arrives and you watch him take a big old dump in the bed. And then you start getting nervous. You're like, oh my God, he just, he hasn't put together. He didn't put together a strong outing at any point this spring. He had two strong innings and then he'll give up like four or five runs the next inning. Now, there could be times where he'd normally throw, you know, down and away sinking changeup, but instead he wants to try to work on his inside fastball, knowing damn well it's spring training. So maybe that's a couple things that's going on. But no, I think Grayson Rodriguez is ready for the bigs. Put him in there. All right. We see it. We see moments and innings of he's just lighting it up. So whatever's happening in those couple innings that he's given up a few runs, I'm sure he's working on it. Just come on. Time is now. Put him in the big leagues. I'm sure he's okay. Although, you know, I'm sure people listening to this, I don't know. I think he's okay. Nate on Full Count Chaos said he thinks he's okay, so he's okay. Anyway, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Going to get some emails here in a minute of uh, people wanting to piggyback on bandwagon fans, how much they hate him as well. So, yeah, my time in Sarasota. Absolutely enjoyed it. Oh, that was that was rough coming back. Everything was perfect. Usually we want we do a little Airbnb, but the way that this was set up, we actually stayed in the Holiday Inn, and I think I had the best ribeye steak I've ever had in my entire life. I shit you not. I had a few tequilas, a few drinks, and when I put in my order, I'm like, man, I must be absolutely hammered if I'm ordering a ribeye steak from the Holiday Inn. Hotel steak. <laughs> I'm surprised I wasn't shitting my brains out an hour later. But that was the best steak I've ever had. And the lady came over. She's like, I told you. I think, you know, some woman who's been working there for 56 years, you know, her her face looks like leather. She just sits out. She probably has a tanning bed. She probably is never outside, but she has a tanning bed in her house. And, you know, she definitely smoked. Yeah, honey, I'm telling you, that steak's going to be the best steak you've ever had. You know, I'm all wasted on tequila. Okay, sure. Okie doke. I'll take a ribeye steak from the Holiday Inn. Boom! They brought that steak out. Best steak I've ever had. Hands down. I'm not kidding. I was impressed. But on the way there, holy shit, man. I do not remember Southwest being so damn tight. And I never have problems flying. I don't know if you're a Southwest fan. I know people who stay away from Southwest. They fly Delta. But Southwest, that's what we usually use. We have no problem. We do the early bird. If you don't know about that and you fly Southwest, all you got to do is pay an extra 15 bucks. And you know, when you're on Southwest, you got to, you know, log on at 12 a.m. that day and try to hurry up and get a, 
a, an A seat or B seat, they'll log you on the next day. You're guaranteed to either get an A at the worst, like a B2 and B3 or B1, whatever. I didn't realize that. We did it. We paid the extra 15 bucks, and we had an A seat going down, B coming back. But, man, on the way down, one of those panic attacks I had, I mean, it was an old fucking plane. It was tight. Just one of those panic attacks where I, I couldn't tell whether I was going to pass out or shit my pants, which would have caused the entire flight to pass out because there wasn't any fucking air moving through that plane. And when you get, that's the problem. When you get an A seat, which is cool because you get to get off earlier, you have to wait, obviously, for B, C, D, everyone to get on. And that air is not flowing while you're sitting there. <laughs> and obviously, you know, three seats and, and you're, you're squeezing in there with some stranger you don't know. But if, <laughs> if, if I would have shit my pants, that would have been bad. I mean, they, they would have just emptied out the plane and be like, all right. Or they would just be like, who shit their pants? Get off the flight. But I got to say, huge props to every passenger on that flight for holding their flatulence until we took off. Because, again, zero air moving around that plane. And I was starting to sweat. I was getting claustrophobic, having a panic attack. Even when we finally took off, I was like, man, what is happening? I, I, I'm perfectly fine with flying. It was tiny. That plane was made in like 1986. And they were like, ah, fuck it. We're just going to keep running this bitch until it folds. Now it's like having an old Ford truck, just run it till it dies. It's so fucking ridiculous. That shit was terrible because on the way back, it was like a brand new Southwest plane. It was bigger, wider. Seats were further apart. Everything was bright. On the way down, they all had you know dark brown colors, ripped seats. There was a little bit of a smell where you're like, I can't tell if that's tuna or <laughs> something's dead outside that we're getting a whiff of. It was just, that was awful. On the way back, it was perfectly fine. I just think, uh, unfortunately, we got a uh, shitty Southwest flight. Ed Smith Stadium, beautiful, loved it. We drove down there, uh, paid 20 bucks to park literally right across the street. If you've ever been there and you walk into the front door, that little tiny parking lot, it's, I think it holds like 10 cars. Boom, that was me. I turned the corner, nice little lady, $20, holding the flag, pull in, says, as long as you don't block me in, because when I park at Raven Games now, we used to have a tailgating spot and park for free, all that good shit. But uh, I would always have to throw like an extra 20 in to say, hey, don't block me in. So if you throw an extra 20 to the guy, they'll say, all right, park right up front. Didn't have to do that with these people. They said, nope, we're not blocking in. That's it. Walk in. Beautiful stadium. Everybody was nice. Every The, the staff, everybody working in the stores, even the people who are there, uh, even the Blue Jay fans, they were a little annoying, still doing their Blue Jay chant, whatever, thinking they're God's gift to baseball. And I definitely think the Blue Jay fans are getting up there for being one of the worst uh, MLB fans. But driving down there, it's a little bit uh, weird area. Again, like I said, the first time I've ever been down here, been down there, Sarasota down there. Uh, just driving that, we, we took this turn and then you drive down a road and it, it starts getting a little empty. What I mean by that, it's got a little bit of that Dundalk community feel, you know, like old used car dealerships, but the, everything's boarded up. <laughs> no one takes care of the lawn anymore. <laughs> Unfortunately, you're seeing some uh, sleeping bags out on the side. Well, I mean, it was starting to be a little depressing. I'm like, are, are we going the right way? Just following the GPS and then boom, you take this right and there's the stadium. We get inside, we walk around a little bit, we go to the store, we bought a couple things, you know, hey, I like that hat, how much is it? Oh yeah, $422, <laughs> whatever. 
Kind of knew that was going to happen. Had some dipping dots. I think I put on Twitter, I think it was a year ago, had a competition, soft serve versus dipping dots. And I think soft served kicked the living shit out of dipping dots, which is funny because they're everywhere in Baltimore in the stadiums. But got down to our seats. And this is the only problem that we had. It was a season ticket holder. I think he was maybe late 60s, mid 60s. No, actually, I, you know what? I take that back. Maybe mid 50s. I'm, I'm terrible with age. Anyway, anywhere between the age of 40 and 80, he was. I don't fucking know. All I know is he was just a, a snob bitch. So my wife and I, we get down to our seats and we got down there a little early. My wife, we got our drinks. We wanted to sit down, enjoy the view, check out the uh, field, watch batting practice. So there wasn't too many people down in the seats. And then we're walking down and we noticed there was a guy sitting in my seat. I had an aisle seat. I love aisle seats. I don't go to sport events unless I have an aisle seat. And he was talking to the season ticket holder in front of him with his wife, which is kind of cool. They've had season tickets to uh, Sarasota game for like 20 years. All right, that's cool. But the guy got all pissed off at me when I told his friend, I was like, hey, buddy, sorry, you're in our seat. There was a million fucking seats around him. He could have just gone in the front row, the row in front of his buddy, and turned around and continued his conversation. But the season ticket holder, oh, God, fucking tourist. Oh, here they are. Sorry, buddy, you, we got to end our con. No, you don't have to end your conversation, sir. He can scoot down a couple seats or sit in front. I'd like to sit in the seat that I paid for. I don't care that you're a season ticket holder. We had to hear it the whole fucking day. My wife would ask questions about the stadium, and you'd hear him huff and puff. He'd say, well, you know, yeah, they built that like a couple years ago. I know that because I've been coming here for a while. Just a straight dick. I don't know. That was the only problem we had. So bandwagon fans and snobby season ticket holders, I guess I have problems with. He just seemed bothered that we were there. Like, ugh, you don't ever come to these games. What are you doing here? I don't know. Maybe I'm acting dramatic. Calm down, Nate. But it was great. We got to see Cole Irvin pitch. He did okay. Four innings pitched. I think he had three strikeouts. He did give up, I think, a couple runs, two earned runs. Uh, Austin Hayes, he put on a show for everybody there. Triple home run, double, I think. And Stowers had a triple, RBI triple. I mean, they were all just having fun, tearing it up. I think right off the bat in the first inning, top of the first, the Blue Jays scored two. Blue Jay fans, of course, are doing their chant, getting cocky, and then the Orioles offense just came out and was like, all of you, shut up. Boom. Hit, hit, home run, triple, double. It was fun. Perfect weather. Couldn't have asked for more perfect weather. Game time, it was like 78. You know, you could feel the sun hitting you. But when that sun went down, it was like a cool 65. Oh, my God, just perfect weather. No humidity. Loved it. Absolutely loved it there. But I think if we did it again, we'd do Airbnbs. Beautiful, beautiful home surrounding that hotel. And, like, they were cheaper for a week than, like, three days at the hotel. So we, yeah, we, we kind of fucked that up a little bit. But spent a lot of time at the beach, the bar at the pool. A lot of people who were there wearing Orioles gear, going to the game as well. They were just hammered at the bar. <laughs> just completely. Everybody was just shit-faced all week. And, you know, they all say the same shit to the bartender. <laughs> oh, you are so lucky that you live here. I could live down here. Do you live down here? Oh, my God. Everything must be perfect down here. You're so lucky. You know, everyone's happier than usual at those local bars down in Sarasota. But Patty, we were down there for St. Patty's Day. What a shit show. <laughs> Just green puke everywhere. 
Oh my god. Anyway, so I enjoyed Sarasota. I would go down there a lot. It was kind of cool. I was posted. I posted a photo on Sarasota, and uh, one of the uh, Twitter friends, Orioles Birdland, they were there too, and he he snaps a photo of where he was sitting and <laughs> just kind of like waving to each other in the stadium. That was kind of cool. But I, I definitely do it again. So the as we were flying back, I think my wife and I were buying tickets to fly back down next year. Anyway, so opening day next week. So, yeah, Sarasota, great time. I'll do it again. And uh, if you haven't done it, I highly recommend it. It's it's fantastic. Such a great time. All right, opening day next week, Kyle Gibson was announced the starter. Looks like Dean Kramer is going to be uh, the number two pitcher. But uh, second time, Gibson's making an opening day start. His first 2021, his first start was in 2021. That was a complete shit show against the Royals. <laughs> he, he faced eight batters and was charged with five earned runs in one third inning. Fantastic. That's the guy we want. Before Thursday night, uh, he pitched exceptionally well. Spring training, 14 innings this spring. Uh, he only allowed one. He only allowed two runs. He didn't walk anyone. He struck out 13 batters this spring. He did struggle a little bit Thursday night, a lot of bit, but you know, hey, look, he's a veteran. I get why Hyde chose him to be the starter. Everyone's like, what's up with Grayson? No, Grayson Rodriguez was not going to be the opening day starter this year. Uh, I will be making an appearance at opening day when it comes back to Baltimore. I don't know these days if I get more excited eating sausages and hot dogs and drinking beer. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, heading down to opening day. Just curious, do you pick out your outfit weeks ahead of time like I do? Like, I already have my shirt, my shorts, my socks, what shoes I'm going to pick out, what I'm going to wear. Or are you just one of those people who just wake up that morning, ah, just open your drawers, look for orange. Just looking for an orange Oriole shirt, throwing some uh, some shorts, out I go. I used to uh, get up by like 6 a.m. when I would go to opening day, make sure by 7 a.m. my tummy was filled with some sort of brew, like Miller Lite. You know, you got to go light in the morning if you're drinking that early. I don't think I'm going to, I don't think I'll be down there at 7 a.m. this year drinking. I'll get down there early. I'm sure we're going to get down there early, but I don't think by 7 a.m. I'll be on my second Miller Lite. I I just, I don't feel it this year. I'm excited about the season. I don't think I'm excited about drinking beer at 7 a.m., but we're going to be facing Corey Kluber. He takes a mound against uh, your Baltimore Orioles. Last season, he went 10 and 10 with a 434 ERA. Now, somebody sent me a text. Um, about Santander, Santander. Sorry, everyone on Twitter lately has been like, that's not how you fucking pronounce his name. So I'm sorry, I apologize, Santander. But they sent me a text that, hey, look at this stat. I didn't realize this uh, that last year uh, against Kluber. And then I noticed, I got to give props to Baltimore Battery. If you haven't checked them out, their website, they uh, they put out some good shit, good articles, good blogs. It's, um, again, Baltimore Battery, because I was reading it, and I'm like, I, I think I'm familiar with this. Uh, but anyway, they broke it down. They said a uh, 583 average and a 1688 OPS and 12 at bats that he had. Seven total hits, two doubles, one home run, two RBIs, and he drew three walks and only struck out once. So look out for old Tony Taters facing Kluber opening day in Boston. I didn't realize that uh, he lit him up that, that hard. So that's kind of cool. So I guess, you know, we'll just see what happens with old Kyle Gibson going out there on the mound and opening day. Again, I want to hear your predictions. What do you think is going to happen? I have them winning 86 to 88 wins.
Some people think, I don't know, the pressure's on. I think they're 75, 77. I think they're going to shoot the bed. It's just too much pressure and whatever. Just want to hear from you. All right. Um, last week, I was I felt like I was doing <laughs> was like family guy. What really grinds my gears? I was just going on a rant about how I noticed bandwagon fans lately. They're everywhere. Because the Orioles, they've been playing like shit for obvious reasons, and now they're doing well. You know, you see who those fans are. And I shared my stories of people I know personally who ragged on me for those four or five years. And then here they are, and they're like, yeah, fuck yeah, I got season tickets. What do you think? Yeah, I'm going to opening day. Like, what the fuck? So a couple people wrote in, again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com, and they said, yeah, hell yeah, I agree. I'm not a fan of bandwagon fans. Uh, This gentleman by the name of Darren. He says, hey, Nate, I agree with you wholeheartedly about the bandwagon pet peeve. He says, I have four brothers, and two of them are probably the two biggest douchebag bandwagon fans you will ever meet. I don't care calling them douchebags because they deserve every ounce of that with the way they act. They're twins, so, of course, they do everything together. Not only are they jumping on the Orioles bandwagon this season, But every year, they buy jerseys of every Super Bowl winners and World Series winners and say they've always been fans of that team for years. And they're just celebrating the win wearing their jersey. Real quick, I got to stop right there. Those bandwagon fans are the worst. Not just, you know, the bandwagon fans with the Orioles, but when you got the fans on every team, every sport, yeah, that's bad. That's bad. Darren continues. He says, for the past four to five years... Four to five years, they would rag on me for spending money to go to the Orioles games. During the rebuild season, they would wear Nationals jerseys all the time and go to Nats games. I just figured they became National fans, and I let them be. I swear they don't even like sports. They just like the attention being a fan of a good team. Borderline troll. He says it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen how bad it is. This season, they both bought a 30-game package for Orioles games when two years ago, they would talk about what a worthless shit organization the Orioles are. I laughed at them when I heard they bought tickets for the Orioles season, and their stupid excuses the Orioles owe them a good team for everything they put them through. Put you through. You were a Nats fan during the rebuild. Now you're jumping back on because they think they're going to be well. The funny thing is they never even watched or went to the Orioles games during the rebuild. I have other friends who acted the same way towards the Orioles during the rebuild. Not as bad, but enough to drive me crazy. That's from Darren. That's brutal. When you have the bandwagon fans in your family and they're your brothers and they're, I got to say, Darren, that those are the worst. Like I just said, those are the worst bandwagon fans. <laughs> I do have a buddy who did that years ago. I think it was more of a superstitious thing. Like uh, he would wear the jersey of the team who who were playing the Ravens or the team that won the Super Bowl. I think it was more, he was a diehard Ravens fan, but I think he was just being silly. But yeah, those have to be the worst fans. I mean, just every sport. And you're right, borderline troll. They're not, you know, they're not giving their sweat and tears to one team, ride or die. They're just hopping on the easy train, <laughs> just hopping on. Yeah, man, that that's rough because especially being in your family, brothers, you see them all the time, I'm assuming. And the worst is when they rag on you, like during the rebuild. That's what bugged me the most. I don't know if it bugs me more that 
those bandwagon fans would make fun of you when you were a fan during the rebuild or now that they're out of the rebuild, they're fans. I don't know which one bothers me the most, but either one, it, it fucking irks the shit out of me. Appreciate the email, Darren. Yeah, that, that's brutal. <laughs> that's a brutal one. Now, this next email is a gentleman by the name of Ryan. And again, I appreciate all the emails uh, supporting my hatred towards these kind of fans. I'm going to make a T-shirt of part of his email here. You, you'll see what I'm talking about. He, he, he says a saying where I'm like, yeah, that, that definitely needs to go on a T-shirt. He says, what's up, man? Just listened to today's podcast and needed to chime in about the bandwagon fans. He says, it pisses me off, too. I grew up going to Camden Yards and really began loving the Orioles when Miguel Tejada was picked up. He says, my dad got me started at a very young age being a brainwashed Orioles fan, which is great. However, I live in an area of Pennsylvania where I'm surrounded by Philly fans, fake Philly fans, nonetheless. When the Orioles had a few good years, they hopped on saying, they're my AL team. He says, fuck that. You don't get an AL and NL team. Pick one. By the way, I completely agree with that, Ryan. I am 100% on board with that. He continues. He says, well, these same people harassed me for years as a kid for liking such a shitty team and still talk shit from about 2017 until last year. Same people that didn't follow the Phillies until October of last year, and all of a sudden, they're all phillied out in gear. Not to mention the number of Orioles shit I've seen last year once they started winning. I hate them. You don't get to enjoy the winning if you don't suffer the losing years too. Right there, I'm getting a t-shirt made with the Orioles logo. <laughs> you know, I'm obviously have to uh, send Ryan a, a finder's fee. But I love that. You don't get to enjoy the winning if you don't suffer the losing years too. Fuck yeah. He continues. He says, I'm with you. Now my $15 nosebleeds that I get and move down to the nice seats won't be a viable option due to these dick riders. <laughs> he goes, that is all. Go birds. Ryan, fantastic email. Thank you for writing in. Yeah, Philly fans, they just suck anyway. Whether bandwagon fans, whatever the situation is, they're just brutal. So, Ryan, you staying strong as an Orioles fan, being surrounded by a bunch of douchebag Philly fans, good for you. That is a strong, dedicated, fuck you kind of fan to the other fans. Absolutely. Orioles fan, ride or die. I love that saying. You don't get to enjoy the winning if you don't suffer the losing years, too. Hell yeah. Amen to that. So, Ryan, there he is. Ride or die. And I think he makes a funny point. He says, now my $15 nosebleeds that I get and move down to the nice seats won't be a viable option. Yeah, because when the Orioles start doing well, speaking of you know, bandwagon fans, you all of a sudden get those local Baltimore attorneys who have the big dough, who spend the big money, bring their clients, you know, the first 10 rows they buy out. Yeah, that's exactly what happens now. Down below, it's going to be all those guys in their pink polos, sandals, <laughs> cargo shorts. Yeah, they're going to take up all those seats. I know exactly what you're talking about, Ryan. I love it. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Love to see that some people have my back here. Uh, but again, uh, hit me up on Twitter at fullcountchaos. We're going to be having fun this season, just venting all the fr frustration. Speaking of frustration, Colton Kowser, Heston Kerstead, they were reassigned to minor league camp, though I knew that. Not saying I'm some expert, but come on. I mean, I wasn't expecting them to be on... Uh, on the team, they, they obviously grabbed some playing time while Cedric Mullins and, and Santander were 
away from the team at the WBC. Uh, Kerstead, he just crushed it. Four home runs this spring, tearing it up, 381 average, uh, 1219 OPS, eight RBIs. Rich Dubrov said his power has been jaw dropping. You know, it's a great possibility. Kerstead will be making his major league debut this season. He he looks ready. He killed it. He crushed it. So there's a lot to uh, pay attention to this season. Uh, the pitching, okay, yeah, we've we've got some good arms in the rotation. I, I will still say till this day, I'm a little surprised that Elias didn't spend some big dollars on a on solid number one pitcher. But, you know, Deal Hall, Grayson, John Means coming back. I, I guess, you know, let's see what we got first, and then we'll go from there kind of situation. So, again, I'm going to say it a hundredth time. FullCountChaos at gmail.com. Anything on your mind I want to hear about. Till next time, see ya.